0: What the truck! You are
1: listening to What
0: the Truck?
2: You ready to truck it? I'm Tuner here with Michael Vincent the Dude,
3: and why don't we let this gentleman introduce himself today? Hey,
4: Ryan Pamplin, <laughs> Cayman Transport. How you doing today, man? Here. So good, so good. It's
3: a beautiful for- Monday afternoon, isn't it? It is, it is. Ready there for is. the holidays. Sweet. Yeah, we're turning the corner into the Christmas stretch, man.
2: We are. We have this show. It's the last week of shows, at least on What the Truck, not yeah. on Freightways TV. All your beautiful programs will be there. I'm just driving up to Boston uh, next week, so I will Sweet. be gone. But
3: Safe driving, my friend.
2: Thank you. We have this one. We have a Domestic Supply Chain Summit on Wednesday. And, of mm-hmm. course, a very What the Truck Christmas on Friday. Yeah. It's our Christmas special, the biggest Christmas party in the industry. Oh, yeah. we got the Freight Christmas tree. you have all been sending ornaments. It looks fantastic. This gentleman was going to send one, too, but I said, why don't you just come by and hang out with us? But... Uh, you kind of come it's almost it's a sober morning today on on Monday though there was a A, uh, a wrath of of hurricane or sorry tornadoes that went through. We uh, we saw them in Tennessee, Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, Illinois. There's an Amazon facility. I believe six people died in that. They had to call off the search. They're they're getting back in there. But if you look from the satellite imagery, you can see what happens to that thing. That's in September, and then over the weekend they were working in there, and uh, it just it it flew through there and it took out uh it, it took out everybody. Mayor of uh, Dawson Springs, Chris Smiley, he said 75 percent of their community was wiped out by this chaos you've been through a uh, tornado before
4: back in uh, my elementary days growing up in nashville yeah. uh never had to experience it obviously that close um but uh, it's definitely one of the scarier things to, to ever live through without yeah it
3: is it is here it, it, living here when i moved here is when i got the closest to tornadoes the the mm. eastern one over here in east brainerd and then yes. the one down in dalton a, a number of years back that just absolutely destroyed dalton yeah. And this one here, Mayfield, Kentucky. Holy mackerel, those pictures are unbelievably bad.
2: They are. And hey, best of luck to nobody wants to hear about this kind of stuff right before the holidays or, or in general at all. But mm-hmm. um and, and best wishes to all the missing too. I know a lot of people uh, are have not been found yet. There's still a lot of rescue going yeah. on, a lot of support, a lot of aids going to be needed for this one. On today's show, we also we have a bad lead story, too. It's Central Freight Lines. so 2,000 people lost their jobs. We'll get to that one. Ryan is here to bring a gift for the tree, talk a little about Taman, maybe even has a job to offer to some of those who lost their jobs. We also got uh, fast food logistics, payment automation, the back end, and we're maybe even a little Ukraine we'll be getting into today, Michael Vincent.
3: That's what I saw that, man. That looks yeah. pretty cool, man. All right, let's
2: tip the band, right? So deadheads are bad for any carrier's business, but Convoy's got you covered. Their app makes it easy to find round-trip loads on your your favorite lane that reduce empty miles and get your drivers back home. Right. Sign up in a minute and book your next load with Convoy.
3: Do that, man. Visit convoy.com forward slash WTT or download the Convoy app on Google Play or the App Store to get started.
2: All right. As we mentioned, Central Freight Lines is shut down. It's, they've been open for 96 years. They did not make it to 100. They yeah. shut down over the week. Uh, Clarissa Haas reports 2,100 employees will be laid off right before Christmas. They are... The largest trucking company we've reported on a bankruptcy, the largest one that there's been since December of two years ago, Celadon. A huge one when that happened, Vincent. Yeah. Uh, Waco based Central Freight Lines, they've notified their drivers and employees uh, and customers of the LTL carrier of their plans to wind down operations on uh, today after that 96 years. Their president, Bruce Kellum, he said, it's just horrible. A source close to CFL told Freight that CFL has too much debt and too many unpaid bills to continue operating.
3: Yeah, Central Freight uh Central Freight will uh, cease picking up new shipments effective uh, well today, and expects to deliver substantially all freight in its system by December twentieth, according to the company statement. Source familiar with the company said uh, yeah, he's unsure whether CFL will uh, file Chapter Seven or liquidate outside bankruptcy, but it looks like that's what they're going to do is, sure. is liquidate outside of bankruptcy. But the LTL carrier has no plans to reorganize again. So, and they've tried this before. It looks like they're doing it the right way. They tried to reshuffle last year, their management to try and stay afloat, tried to sell off some a couple of years ago but not to be
2: an unidentified source said that uh, i think it was surprising that there wasn't a buyer for the entire company in this market but buyers were interested in certain pieces but apparently they didn't want the whole thing part of it could have been that just the network was so expensive that there was too much overlap with some of these buyers and they didn't need the locations or the employees in these places where they already had strong operations um you know, we did reach out to the community to to mm-hmm. see who had offers, and we're going to put a bunch of jobs out there. But let me ask you, as first up, Vincent, what do you what do you make of this situation? <sighs>
3: um, yeah, it's 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 a sad situation, but it's been coming for years, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen them struggling for a long, long time, and uh, as we talked about earlier today on Fruitways Now with Kevin Hill. During this time, we've seen the best of the best struggle a little bit, right? Old Dominion had some tough quarters. Well, tough for them is like a 50 OR, right? But, yeah. I mean, we saw them have to do some things. We thought FedEx have to embargo and then take some of that back. And if you're not on top of your game in pricing, you can get – you can grow into existence in this type of market, especially in LTL. Pricing in LTL is so much more complicated, surprise,
4: right? Uh, surprise, Ryan? Uh, well, trucking is extremely hard. Yeah, um, There's definitely a lot, lot of attention. Uh, in in our world right now, that that's great. Um, the the supply chain is, is in focus, um, but uh, whether it's it's uh, a big company or a small company that you never heard of, uh, it's extremely difficult to do uh, this uh, as a company as an industry. Uh, with that said, I know that our industry is extremely close. Yeah. Uh, and I know that just like with the Celadon and other past cases, uh, we're going to come together. There's a lot of great companies here in Chattanooga. Uh, around the region, uh, people will uh, find jobs if if they want them. And and I know there's already uh, a great, great uh, showing of that. I know you guys have seen uh, a lot of uh, support and outreach already, which is awesome.
2: Yeah, and you know, I'm just noticing I have one of the uh, LTL's fallen flags right here, NEMF. For me, growing up in New England now, I don't know if they're around for 100 years, but I saw these were ubiquitous growing up in Boston, these these trucks everywhere. So this was a big loss. This was, I believe, the end of 2018 that these guys went down, maybe beginning of uh, 2019. Um, Do you think as big of an impact, though, was was NEMF so regionally tied, that bigger impact than central freight lines? Or do you guys think any ripple effects from this we'll see?
3: I, in my opinion'll we'll we'll, we 'll see it with specific shippers, et cetera but when when a customer is struggling like they were doing and just trying to run ev- revenue yeah. through they 're picking up a lot of freight that others like Old Dominion and stuff try to embargo a little bit right so it, it's, i don 't think it 'll have as big an effect. And just because they didn't sell, because their people had that network as well, right? They were already already covered, so there'll be some absorption and some issues in some areas where people were there, but not as huge in an effect, and probably not as much as New England Motor Freight, such a niche and, like you said, it was ubiquitous. It was New England. It was everywhere. Yeah, you saw them everywhere.
4: Yeah, and I'd way. say, from from the way that you're hearing the leadership um, reaching out, being proactive, and trying to find jobs for their their, yeah. their great employees, I feel like that that will even mitigate the the impact. You, you,
2: well, we wanted to be proactive as well. So when I heard this news story, I took to LinkedIn and Twitter and I asked you, the community, who had jobs available for some of these displaced drivers. I remember back when we reported on Falcon and Sullivan, this is something I did both times as well and had a lot of luck. And I still hear from some of those people that were placed through this. So yeah. since you're sitting next to us, why don't you throw it out there first? Does Taman have anything that maybe a CFL employee may be interested in?
4: Absolutely. Well, I, I definitely have seen a, a ton of great outreach uh, taming as well on the transport, our brokerage and 3PL side, uh, as well as Tayman truck lines, our asset base over the road uh, division and company. We've got a lot of opportunities and sales and operations, uh, so we're we're actively reaching out. Uh, if anyone is watching and is interested, please uh, see us at uh, uh, Transport or TaimenTrucklines.com. Uh, our social media, and we'd, we'd love uh, to have a conversation and, and try to help anyone who's looking. Uh, GCS Transport Group, they
2: replied here, they said that they're willing to fly anybody out who's looking for a job, one year of experience, clean MVR, Record, so got a clean motor vehicle record. You want a driving job. GTS has got you covered. Eric Hansen, he's over at J M m Tank Line, said, hey, you want to take up Tanker, be a fleet, man- fleet manager, service manager? They have jobs over there. Diana Guzman, CWS Dedicated, is hiring. We've got DCLI. Thank you, Mike Wells. Uh, Jose Socorro, he says Central States Manufacturing, right? Don't even have there to you go. go that far. You can go and work right with that team. PNS Transportation—they're an OTR flatbed carrier, but many of you are in ops who have also lost your jobs. So they're looking for uh, terminal operators and drivers as well. Yeah, great operators there. Jilly Brown of uh, BCB Transport—I know that team really well. Very nice folks over there. You want to uh, go out and get maybe your own spot market money? You need help from a, a load board or a group like Hall. Hall is offering a flexible CDL jobs right now, so you can work through their app. ABF has jobs. Arcbest has jobs. They want us to let us know. Pure Freight has positions. Um, IMCC. IMC has positions. Hot Seat Services is looking to place people. Uh, man,
3: this keeps going on and on. We R&L. have XPO
2: logistics here. Yeah, well. RL,
3: XPO. I mean, you, it, it, like we said before this, it sucks that this happens and it's terrible. Yeah. But no better environment than right now.
2: Oh Absolutely. Uh, even Estes, Canal Cartage Company. I mean, uh, geez, who who are we missing? Your Riverside Transport, Blue Bridge. Did you uh, say Primark. Estes? Yeah, I said Estes. FedEx yeah. Careers, One Rail is hiring. Um, geez, Boots on the Road, Inc. is a veteran-owned and operated carrier. They're hiring as well. Norton Transport. Old Dominion Freight Lines, ODFL, I mean, come on. There you go. If you've worked at CFL, go work for ODFL. Go work for the best now. That's right. Uh, Ricky Jensen's over there. Dart Transit is hiring. Maven Machines is hiring. Uh, Warner Enterprises, Averett Express, AAA, Cooper, Penske. So all of these companies reached out. They all have jobs and positions for all of you. Go and check them out. Now, tell us a little bit about what's happened over at Taven. I know you came by to bring an ornament, too
4: yeah uh, it's been a great year Uh, we've we've expanded into new services and uh, really uh, great coincidence uh, great great blessings with one of those services being expedite uh, both air and ground and with the nature of the ports uh, with the nature of the holiday rush right now we've really seen a lot of success Uh, a lot of our customers are reaching out asking for more and more uh, because of our people and it it really at the end of the day there's definitely a lot uh, of challenges and a lot of complications but we try to keep it simple and we definitely uh, give our people the right tools to be successful and uh, we're we're seeing it it's been a See great how year he did that? Beautiful. Well, thank good. you, thank you, for, thank you for thank you for
2: your hat. I see the I like one that. on uh, Michael Vincent's head. I'll get this one positioned here. I know out. you sent a nice, looking
4: good,
2: looking good. A man, nice mug man. too. It goes well, man. It's nice my color, too. Bro. And I guess the um, last thing you got to do before we kick you out of here is you got to go hang that on the tree.
4: Yes. I'm
2: right. excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. Merry Christmas. That's Absolutely. I'm hanging up the, the ornament. White. Merry Christmas. <laughs> i not fall out of this. Don't I know why. I know you came during a period of tough news, but fortunately we were able to shed some insight. So we appreciate that as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, throw it on there. We're going to move some of those Uh-oh. things around by the special. So out just out make sure it's just hanging at? for now, <laughs> ceremonially. Oh,
3: I keep oh, moving right dude. in front of him. found the perfect spot. <laughs> that was the right branch. <laughs> I can't get out of the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, thank Try you so much. It. Thank you.
4: Thank you, guys. Thanks for thank you guys. Merry Christmas, my Merry friend. Christmas. Be Merry well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, We'll take it easy, sir.
2: Craig Fuller, he (laughs) said, just before we leave this topic, he said, we haven't seen a lot of truckload bankruptcies in the past year, but this will likely change in 2022. Operating costs are continuing to accelerate. While capacity is returning to the market, this will make it difficult for carriers to pass on rate increases to shippers. Um, and he also said, if anything, Central is a reminder that trucking is one of the most difficult industries on the planet to operate a business in. Even in the strongest freight market in history, the company is worth more in liquidation than it is to operate. And I th- yep. think that says it all, doesn't it?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He also said that truckle carriers will largely be unimpacted by Central's demise, uh, but they might pick up some drivers from Central. It's a different—LTL is a different—but they they do interact with each other, but it shouldn't be that big of an issue yeah. with with TL anyways.
2: Well, it sounds like, hey, if you lost your job in this thing, it sounds like not only are there opportunities right now, but I think you might even be able to sit it out through the holidays. There'll be plenty to waiting for you in yeah. January. So, you know, just in love the family and end this year on a, on a good note, despite all that. Right on. Let's God bring bless. Brian Runnels up. He is the vice president of safety over at Reliance Partners. Brian, tough news over the weekend with CFL going out of business and, uh, you know, 2,000 jobs being put back out there on the market.
5: Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, that. You're right. When the, with A lot of the drivers are going to probably stay in that LTL world, so I don't know how much it'll impact new job openings and truckload or, or any of the specialized type things, whether it's flatbed or tanker or auto hauling or anything like that, but um, yeah, that's, that's super tough.
3: It really is. And, and you're right there. You know, we're going through that list and you're seeing big dogs out there like, uh, XPO, et cetera, and RNL Gator looking for drivers. These guys are going to get some freight. so that, that's a, that's a, that's a very, very positive thing, uh, that's going on there. So
5: yeah, who is going, yeah, to those, that's, usually, that's usually a pretty good driver base too. Um, yeah. you know, the LTL drivers are typically more experienced, uh, although you've seen a shift in that one too, in, in that world. When it comes to um, hiring inexperienced drivers, and they're doing a lot of the doc driver programs and stuff like that, so they a lot of those companies are building their own. Hey, Brian!
2: About a week or two ago, you advised us when you're looking for these drivers, not just to go throwing out those sign-on bonuses out there, though. So help us out in 2022. How do we land some of these great drivers? Maybe some of these great CFL drivers. What do we got to do?
5: Well, I shook the golden eight ball and what it told me other than check back later was, (laughs) um, you know, improving the driver experience. You know, we, we touched on that when we spoke before. And I think that the companies that are going to succeed and keep a decent, a good driver base, uh, they will have turnover, but it'll, they'll be able to keep the ones that uh, they want to keep will be the experience that from day one, from the recruiting process to orientation, To the first loadout and you know the onboarding process, which could last anywhere from six months to a year. And what I mean by onboarding is just making sure and checking in with that driver to make sure that they're happy and things are going well. And you know, I I think that sometimes one of the things that we forget is the perfect trucking company doesn't exist, never has, never will. Uh, You've got the drivers have got to find the one that works for them you know, within structure, within freight, within home time, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it for each specific driver and companies are really doing a lot to try to, to fit the best they can as many different driver styles as there are out there. And it, it, that's a difficult process to do, but the ones that are going to win are going to be the ones that are able to make that driver experience something favorable and, um, you know, a little note out to, to all all my drivers out there. Just because they make you mad one time doesn't mean it's gonna continue every day. So don't jump ship, go looking for that big safety bon our big safety bonus, the big sign-on bonus, uh just because you're irritated on any given day.
3: Yeah, and you know Brian how do you when you when you go for job interviews and you're looking at management and stuff like that the, the company is interviewing you as much as you're interviewing that company right and you should be right in truckload it seems like they're just trying to get as many drivers in and hopefully so they they saw so a few of them stick if you're hiring and you're going through that how do you try and mitigate that along the lines of you know you' you got 60 70 80 100 percent turnover rate but you also want to get solid quality drivers how do you ensure that those guys stick Stick, instead of the ones that are just you know going for that uh, going for that
5: sign on bonus, I think you I think you hit it right on the head when you you started talking about upper management and upper management being involved from the orientation time to uh, I, I heard from one company out there that if anybody whether it's a dispatcher a technician um, safety anybody hears that a driver is oh I'm leaving or I. I'm not going to take much more of this or, you know, whatever the, the displeasure is that there is a group of two or three upper management people that get those notes and they reach out to the drivers themselves. Mm. So I think having that involvement of upper management is key. Uh, So many of those folks are looked at as as living in an ivory tower and, and things like that. And maybe they are, but if the ones that are out there are involved, I think that gives you a better chance of keeping drivers uh, because everybody, it shows everybody cares. It doesn't stop mm-hmm. at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Brian, what makes a good onboarding? Because
2: I, I i get the feeling a lot of companies probably screw this part up, right? The person's hired, then everyone just kind of forgets about it. So what does make a good onboarding?
5: You know, we, we've seen the check-in calls. We've seen, um, and they go for maybe 30 days. And, you know, I think it needs to be a little bit more in-depth than that. How about when they get their first paycheck? Because uh, let's remember the orientation process. People remember about 20 to 30% of what they actually heard because they're being barraged with information in that one, two, three-day process. So I think checking in, you know, after the first load, hey, how did were you able to read the dispatch? Did you understand everything on there? Um, when they get their first paycheck. Fielding calls from somebody who's actually reading the settlement sheets. Um, many times when I was on the road, my wife knew what the settlement sheet looked like and and knew that I told her I should be getting a certain amount of miles, and she knew how to read from city to city, empty, loaded, accessorial pay. I mean, she she knew how to do all of that. So I think checking in there is important. And then it can get spaced out. After that first 60 days to where you're checking in every couple months, but you know, let's face it, when drivers come in for service, that's a great time to have a chat with somebody. And you know, if your office personnel are involved with the drivers, meaning they're out where they are, whether it's a driver's lounge, whether it's a yard, and they can have these conversations on a random basis. Uh, that goes a long way to kind of having your finger on the pulse of what's going on within your fleet.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, Brian. We really appreciate that. And thank you for checking in with us. Where do people go to learn more about Reliance Partners? ReliancePartners.com. Beautiful. Hey, we love it, man. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we'll catch up with you next year because it's our last week of shows. Yeah, sure will. Thanks, Brian. All right. Take it easy, Brian. Have a good one. All right. Let's check in with Keith Beckham, SVP, Strategy and Business Development Shipper Services over at Triumph
0: Pay. Hello, Keith. How you doing? Hey, great. How are you guys doing? You hanging out over there in uh, Dallas like the rest of the team? Yes, we are. We're in Dallas. We've got a lot of the team in, back in the office, and we're, uh, we're just clicking along here.
2: Well, anything you can automate gives you more time to hang out with your team. And I know that you're an evangelist because I read your article on FreightWaves yeah. about automating payments in the back office and all of that kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about taking your time back, right? Getting your time back and not worrying about the, those back office payments.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what Tribe Pay is all about. We started this company to to really be uh, take that automation to the next level for uh, trucking. So we want to be the payment network for trucking in, in the United States. And what the way we do that is take a lot of the manual processes out of the mix. There's a lot of people, both sides of a transaction, both entering the same uh, information. And what we do is we automate that. We, we find the source of truth. We uh, take that source of truth and use it for both parties and then match the transactions so that um, ultimately um, that, that payment seamlessly flows through the process without any human interaction because both the uh, payee who's submitting an invoice, the carrier, and the payor, whether it be a shipper or a broker, um, they, they've, uh, already said, here's the load is good. Those things all match. And the, the magic of not having to do the uh, transaction multiple times just takes place. So that's, that's our solution is to, uh, really understand how to automate, how to capture and, autom- and you know, make that uh, transaction seamless and, uh, uh, without a lot or any human interaction. In the future,
3: so Keith, I under I understand all that, and I get the entire uh, the the entire process there very well stated and, and succinct. But so tell me the importance of this. Why do I why do I need this in my operation?
0: Yeah. So for um, whether you're a shipper or a broker, you know the carriers need to get paid quickly, and so um, and and you have as a shipper or broker or any payee, you have constraints on your resources too. Uh, your people. Could be better deployed at the other value propositions in your business that are core to your business instead of making payments we're experts at making payments we're a bank uh at the core and uh and so we take that uh thing that's a limiting factor for uh the back office person and make it liberating and so they they can go do uh other things that is uh, just more valuable for both their company and for the carriers and if they can Service the carriers quicker, equip more quickly. Hey, um, that means uh, products move more quickly and everything becomes more efficient. And we all have seen the kind of the inefficiencies in the marketplace right now, Uh, ship sitting off the the coast and supply chain issues of getting product through the market. Anything you can do to uh, make that quicker just benefits everybody and drops to uh, the carrier's bottom line, the shipper's bottom line, everybody's bottom line if you move faster. Well,
2: sure. And, you know, saving time is incredibly important, but it's also becoming very, very crucial. You may have heard about some of these labor issues out here. Uh, What kind of time and manpower can you save by automating this payment aspect of your business?
0: So if you've got, depending on the size of your operation, um, you may have, you know, a a whole team working on that. And what we can offer is you'll still have to have people that supervise it, but they won't be spending a significant amount part of their day doing that. So, uh, we can take payments, you know, down from days to hours. Um, and you know, we're, we're working on, uh, real-time payments. Uh, we're work. we definitely have uh, quick next day payments. And, uh, so that just, you know, just takes a lot of the, uh, the, the noise out of the system and compresses the time frame down to, uh, minutes or days you know, uh, in a lot of cases.
3: Yeah. So Keith, it sounds like the old adage, you know, you can do more by doing less applies to here. Would you agree with that?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a, it's a kind of a cliche and an old adage, but it's, is certainly the case. And in trucking, uh, or transportation in the United States, it's been kind of a under, uh, utilized or underfunded, uh, endeavor. And we're, we're trying to take that and and really plow a lot of, time and effort into it on our side so that we can offer a solution that makes that adage true.
2: Oh, well, sure. And, you know, you have a lot of experience. You've what processed 450,000 over 450,000 payments for Ooh. carriers in the past year wow. with that much data and that much invoice throughput, I'd guess you'd call it. Oh, yeah. have you learned anything this year from uh, the needs of your customers?
0: Yeah. The, the needs of our customers, you know, they, 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 are uh, usually they vary a lot, but they all boil down to, um, they, like I said, the resource constraints. They're 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 trying to do more with less, um, meaning there's fewer people in the office. There's more transactions they got to process, and so they're they're struggling in any way they can to uh, how do I how do I uh, catch up? And so that's been the 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 main request from everybody is you know how do I catch up on this stuff? And and you know we're offering one solution. There's probably more out there in the market. But we think we're, you know, have become the payment network for trucking and, you know, uh, our customers are applauding that and we're getting we're getting more and more. So I think just by, you know, the uh, payment volume that we're seeing and, and uh, you know, keeps rising every quarter, we're getting positive feedback in that um, our process is working and people uh, need our process. So they're they're adopting it. Oh, we bet they are. Hey, thank you very much, Keith. People who want more
2: information, where right. should we send them to?
0: Drivepay.com. Easy enough, easy enough. Well, here, little
2: cowbell all for right. you and the team. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all right, and all thank the you. good tidings. Merry Christmas to you guys. Thank you. Peace, brother. You know something, dude? A what? lot of carriers love power-only loads. It saves them time. They just hook up, load, and go. No messing around at the shipper's facility. You know who's got lots of power-only freight?
3: I have no idea. Who is it?
2: Convoy. Their power-only loads are available to all Convoy carriers. Check them out at convoy.com slash WTT (laughs) and book a power-only load today. Do it. All right. With over 400 locations nationwide, Loves Truck Care and Speedco Network are committed to providing a tire program to meet your needs. The Loves Retread Warranty Program combines quality and safety and is designed with your fleet's efficiency in mind. They cover the retread and casing for the full life of that very retread.
3: That's right. And you can learn more at loves.com. Go there immediately after this show. Let's go over to uh, Anarchy in the Ukraine. Let's go over to Michael <laughs> Beeler, <He's> Vice <laughs> President it, of Supply man. Chain
2: Logistics at Innovex, and he just got back from Kiev. How you doing, sir?
6: Excellent, Dooner. Uh, it's great to be here. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having me on the show.
2: Where's that uh, Kiev on that map behind you?
6: Uh, Kiev <laughs> is just to the left of Russia. Uh, it's kind of like the, the 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 northern tip of Ukraine. Uh, so I I could point it out, but uh, you know there there's been a lot of uh, discussion or you know a lot of uh, news about what's going on, you know, in that, uh, in that part of the world. And, um, so I, I got to see it firsthand. So, um, I, I just got back from Kyiv on sa- uh, Saturday. So I was there for two weeks and it was amazing. Uh, so, you know, we're, uh, it's been a, a great ride at, at Innovex. When I started the company, we had about 750 employees. We have, Close to a thousand now. <laughs> hold on, Michael,
2: uh, hold on. Michael, calm down. Hold on a second. Hold on. We'll get into the company's story. We were just talking I and I even I thought want it was to talk Kiev. about the chicken. Chicken I Kiev we were, delicious. I thought we were in like <laughs> I thought we were talking about the ancient lost um South American village of Kiev. It turns out we're talking about Kiev over by over by Russia. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, right. totally
3: totally, different, <laughs> yeah, environment, totally different environment. Totally different environment. <laughs> totally
6: different. You just
3: left there though, right? I mean, we got troops building up. Did you did you witness any of that stuff going there?
6: Well, so yeah. So uh you know, uh, th- Russia is fortifying troops along the the Ukraine border, and you know they they already annexed their Crimean, Crimean peninsula in the in the Black Sea from Ukraine. Yeah. But uh, you know, and and so they, while I was there, the U.S. embassy announced that they're pre- uh, preparing to evacuate all U.S. citizens. All U.S. citizens, but my colleagues. So when I'm there, they were they're like, you know, we've been at war with Russia since 2014. And you know Putin just likes to flex his muscles, so yeah, it's 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 no big deal, and they're just kind of going on about their lives. And it's not, you know, I, I absolutely don't discount the threat, but uh, you know, I'm just reporting what I saw there. They're yeah. they're uh, they're like, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of business as usual for us.
3: How wild would that be, right? Just, True buildup is just yeah. like, eh, whatever. It's Tuesday.
2: Well, it's like that. Uh, it was like that. What was it? Owen Wilson or which one of the Wilson? One of the Wilson brothers is on like vacation and then like a, like a war breaks out. He's like running through the streets with his family. No escape. That was the one. No escape. Yeah, that would have been yeah. like you, Michael. So why were you there? If it's uh, if it's uh you know, business as usual to them, their new normal or they're always normal is sort of being on the cusp of conflict. But what would send someone from Innovex over that way?
6: Right? So uh, we're a software development company and uh, we're headquartered in the Ukraine. So. You know the. Let me tell you a little bit about the atmosphere there. I would I would say that the that the the tech environment right now in the Ukraine is kind of like Silicon Valley was back in the '90s, back during the dot com boom. Uh, you know, only Mexico is threatening to annex California back. You know, so uh, I took a tour of the city, and the guide was pointing out all the companies that are outsourcing their software to the Ukraine. So they're like. Uh, This building here, this is Grammarly and Snapchat, and this this building over here is this one. And, you know, at at Inovex, in my company, we have whole floors that are dedicated to specific uh, customers. So, you know, you walk off the elevator and it's like you're walking into an extension of our client's IT department. And they've even got like banners and swag and it's weird. But very cool. So, uh,
3: Michael, you know, I've I've heard and talked to people about about Bosnia being an up and coming tech, right? And there's some of some of it comes from 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 the war that was there. The young, you know, the young left and were educated and came back. What is a driving force between for for Kiev uh, and that Ukraine area being such a an up and coming tech farm out area?
6: Right. So, you know, that's a, that's a, a, a great question, and you know, you you look at the uh, you know the, the Ukrainian population and it is absolutely a tech culture. So in Kiev alone, there are a hundred tech centers and the, you know, we, I I always joke when they're not, when they're not rigging us elections, they're actually, and they're properly motivated. Ukrainians are fantastic uh, software developers because they, they have, a, they're highly educated. They're, they uh, their university is paid for. They uh, are, Native English speakers and they communicate well. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, and so here we did a, this is interesting, they did a, a survey uh, of our software engineers and 49% of them said that they write code on their time off. So, I mean, it's just like ingrained wow. in their culture.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. So let's talk about that culture. So the Ukraine there, where does Eastern Europe fit into Western Europe, at least in the insofar as the perspective of the supply chain goes?
6: Right. So, you know, the the, uh, the countries of Eastern Europe are absolutely connected to Western Europe. So the the, uh, the the supply chain is definitely part of Western Europe. So a lot of raw materials are exported from the Ukraine like Iron uh, seed oil for for food, and you know, and they in source, uh, you know, they source a lot of their product products and produce from uh, Poland and Italy, for instance. So, uh, first of all, any action by Russia against the Ukraine, there there would be that would mean price hikes on certain products where raw, where raw materials are sourced from the Ukraine. But it, it it's a very complex and and integrated network. Of, of trading partners for sure um, but it's uh in eastern europe it's like they have more micro supply chains as as opposed to the uh you know the the big macro supply chains like like we're used to so you you see more uh more trading in between uh countries and i you know i, I don't know how much commerce flies under the radar of customs control so it, it seems like it's a little harder to track and quantify
3: yeah so Michael, I'm interested in that of these micro supply chains right does is, is that does that make things um more flexible in in times of crisis or does it make it more dangerous in the fact that like an aggression towards Ukraine screws up all these raw materials? can they flex to somewhere else or does this make it uh that much more important in each one of those micro climates
6: I wouldn't use the I wouldn't use the term flexible I would use resilient because okay. Uh, so when I was there, I went to the grocery store, and it's like a Target. They have everything that that, that we have here in the United States, and there's no, you know, there, there's no shortage of any uh, uh, of any, you know, any food or or you know, items or anything like that 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 I saw. Uh, so the, you know, they're as long as uh, you know they're they're doing their own thing, and, and Russia stays out of it. They're chugging along, and. You know, you you hear about Eastern Bloc countries, and you're like, well, you know, there's there's the rich and the poor, and there's no middle class, and that mm. uh, that that is not the case with the Ukraine. Uh, their their economy, because of the tech industry, it, it's thriving.
2: What kind of fast food do they have over there? Do they have uh, Hardee's and uh, Junior?
6: Kentucky Fried Chicken all over the place. Uh, do they sell a the quarter pounder there, or, or is it? No, i, I for McDonald's. Uh, those are like the, the primary fast foods. And then they have a lot of like little stalls in the streets. It was a little chilly. So not as many as during the summertime. Uh, but then they just, they, they have a lot of, uh, great local restaurants. So, you know, the, the phrase think globally, act locally, they embrace that because, you know, they they, they grow a lot of, they have greenhouses and they grow a lot of their own, uh, produce and so a, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the food that I ate there was fantastic because it was all locally grown. And, you know, I, I, I stayed away from McDonald's, no reason to go there. Uh, plenty of those back here, home in, uh, back here in Texas. So um, I would say that the, their fast food is uh, probably more, uh, not as uh, franchised and a little bit healthier than, than what we've got here.
2: Oh well, awesome. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that one. Well, Michael, hey, we really appreciate it. So, what's next for you now that you're now that you're back on the uh, mainland here over here in the U.S.?
6: Yeah. So you know, we're um, like I said, we're we're growing like crazy since I started. Uh, we've we've grown from seven hundred and fifty to a thousand employees, and uh, so what? The, this is this is exciting for me. I I can't announce it yet. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're partnering with a freight tech company that you guys know very well. Mm. And I, I can't even tell you what they do or you would. Uh, uh, merge. You convoy. Um, to, to <laughs> I just, I start
3: Nod your head. I'll tell you what. I, Drink I, twice I'll, I'll if we get. i on your
6: show if you'll let me. Okay, yeah, sure. yeah, let us know. Absolutely. Well, if
2: it happens this year, our, this is our last week of shows before we go on break. So if it's next so get year, get it done, then done let by
6: Friday.
3: Get it done by Friday. All
2: right, let us know in January. Get <laughs>
6: it done by Friday, maybe January.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, Michael, we appreciate it, and you have a you have a ten year anniversary party coming up soon too, don't you?
6: We actually had our ten year anniversary party oh. in the Ukraine, uh, oh. and um, while I was there,
3: no wonder and, we weren't invited,
6: huh? Yes, that's, uh, otherwise, had had we have had it here, you would have been invited. (laughs) But it it was on par with any, uh, any company party or any party I've been to in Silicon Valley. I mean, so our our CEO was like, just like, you know, any typical software executive, he's like, go big or go home. So we had like one of the most popular bands in, in the Ukraine there tons of food Who's the most popular everywhere. band in the Ukraine? Who is I'm, I'm the Interested. Band,
3: in. What kind of what kind of music is, is the most the band, popular Michael? band? What,
6: yeah. So it's uh it's like Ukrainian pop. Oh, it, it was, I think the closest thing I could I it was kind of like Devo. Oh nice. You know, that, very te- that, te- techno-ish
3: pop- <laughs> type of stuff, right? <laughs>
6: Crush Russia. In my, in my Crush them good. It, but I'm like, you know what? I'm from Texas and I'm standing here at this party in Kyiv. For this software company, listening to this Ukrainian band with all these beautiful people dressed to the nines, and I'm like, "This is weird. I, this is I, this is surreal, man. I don't know what I'm doing here."
2: That's when you wonder what's going on in the simulation. Like it's really gone awry in these 2020s, Michael. <laughs> Strangely, well, hey, happy holidays to you, the team, and and your family. Um, a merry Christmas. Before we let you go, give it a letter grade. If you had what is for for family family vacation spots? What do you give Kiev?
6: Uh, you know what? It, it's safe. It's beautiful. It was a little chilly. It's uh, it's. I've seen pictures. It's beautiful during the summertime. I would give it uh, honestly. I'd give it a ten out of ten. It's what? wow. The, the people, Check it the, out. The people are the people are fantastic. I I never felt unsafe at any point, and I was all over the city, and I, I was in different neighborhoods. You know, some are better than others, but uh, it's just a beautiful city. Great culture and. Uh, you know, and they're they are very smart and talented. Hence, they're uh, you know one of the the growing. They're like the Silicon Valley of Eastern Europe. Sweet. Well, hey,
2: we appreciate. It. Love thanks it. For thanks. The, uh, thanks for the letter grade. I've grown up on, like, too many movies, like like Taken and stuff like that, where well, they, I mean, they just have you, you convinced that you go overseas, you're like, someone's going to get abducted in your family.
3: or. Well, if you, you go know. over there late in the fall, you get to see the migration of the Russian armies, yeah, sure which too. is kind of cool. They're, they're
2: lining up. <laughs> well, I don't know if I get a 10 out of 10 out of John Brewer, because uh, Michael did say that there was no Carl's Jr. and no Hardy. so, uh, <laughs> you know, John would have a tough time working. And John is the director of distribution logistics over at the CK, CKE restaurants, which represent those. John, thanks for joining us today.
1: What's up, guys? Happy holidays! Happy holidays!
2: You ever uh, sampled the fast food over in the Ukraine?
1: Yeah, I, I, I heard. Uh, I heard what he was talking about, and uh, it sounds like new territory for us to franchise.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think you should bring a, I think we need a Ukrainian-based fast food restaurant here in the yeah. United States.
2: John, how are things not treating you? How's this year been over in the fast food space? I know that a lot of uh, fast food restaurants have had challenges, a lot on the labor side, though. I mean, I think we've all driven past places that either have the dining room yeah. closed, and it used to be because of COVID, but now a lot of them are closed just because they can't get enough staff. And even mm. hours in the drive-thru, remember, open late used to be this big campaign a lot of fast food places yeah. had leading up until pandemic, and now you can't even get them to stay open late. There's been food shortages at Starbucks and things like that. What, what have you been seeing from your seat?
1: Uh, we see pretty much what the same the industry is seeing. Um, like I said, labor shortages, uh, seeing food inflation. You see that in the grocery stores as well. Uh, and then just um, you know, sales been good. We just getting the product in and getting the people to serve it has been the challenge. Any casualties that that you see
3: uh, coming out of the pandemic in in the fast food, or you, like you said, sales is good. Everybody good. or Are you going to see some casualties there?
1: Um. Fast schedule is probably going to be a little bit more challenged than than QSR. Mm -hmm. Um, Any restaurant that has a drive through is probably doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't take a lot of labor to man those. And, you know, you you keep the COVID uh, precautions in place. So it works Mm -hmm. out well.
2: Do you think uh, these supply disruptions and some of the, the the costs, the inflation that's been associated with that, are those going to impact the way that fast food places look at menus? In your opinion, moving into 2022, I mean, we've seen it with SKUs and sort of in warehouses, a lot of companies just paring down the number of items and the variety of items they, they yeah, offer, yeah, yeah. so they don't have to fill up a container. But on your level of seeing stuff, more of an inland distribution network, or, or do you think Carls Jr. or the fast food industry they're going to cut down those dollar menus or something? From us
1: i I, th- I think so uh to what extent i don't know i know uh mcdonald's has kind of led the pack on that if you see their menu offerings are not what they used to be you know 10 15 years ago so i think it just get it simple pare it down uh that'll assist with your labor uh issues as well because it doesn't take as many people to pick, pro- produce as much products so the, it, it, the ingredients
3: supply chain here, you mentioned that Starbucks had ingredients shortages yeah. and some other distribution shortages that affected some others, which like Popeye, which I, I think the government should subsidize that because Popeyes? we cannot have Popeye's <laughs> that has shortages. Cause that's just the best chicken ever. But, uh, so is, is a lot of that international or is a lot of that domestic, the integrate, the ingredients uh,
1: supply chains? Um, speaking for ours is domestic and I would mm-hmm. imagine most of the USRs out there are domestic. Um, International, it's it's the supply chain's a little bit more complicated, and it takes a lot longer lead time uh, than we uh, really have at at our disposal.
2: John, what do you think next year is going to look like? I mean, you know, you see it from uh, you know your, your indicator over there. Have you been getting into any contract talks on your trucking lanes or anything like that yet?
1: Uh, not really. Um, just me speaking personally. I think twenty two is going to be a lot like twenty one. Uh, I think you're going to see some innovation out there in the in the in the industry. Um, I think you're going to see the next evolution of ghost kitchens,
5: um, and I'll tell oh. you
1: why. Because the you know what the pandemic did is it changed the way we order, buy, and have food delivered. Uh, you know, people went and had their groceries delivered to their doorstep because of the quarantine restrictions. And when those were lifted, they said, "Hey, I kind of like that. I want to keep doing that." So there's going to be a lot of that um, food delivery services going out, Grubhub, so on and so forth. Uh, those are going to grow. Um, I think you're going to see some disruption uh, in, the, in the refrigerated capacity sector, uh, primarily in the expedited. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty big disruption. And I'm just I'm to sit back and uh, buy my ticket and drink my beer and watch it go. So a lot of things going on, um, a lot of moving parts. Uh, The one thing that I do like about supply chain, we're innovators. Uh, We're entrepreneurs. We have that spirit about us. You know, if something comes across that we haven't dealt with before, we're going to figure out a way around it. We're going to figure out how to continue to do what we've always done. And this pandemic situation is no different. So it's taken us a little bit to overcome, but eventually it'll be in the rearview mirror and we'll have some interesting, uh, you know, tech and processes and everything else uh, because of it.
2: Well, hey, that was yeah. a really nice speech there, too. I you liked a it. A cowbell on that.
1: I liked it. I liked it to set <laughs> this thing
3: up. Set this thing up. Excellent stuff. So uh, you mentioned the ghost kitchens. Is, is there a collaboration effect? Like you see the, the collaboration type of kitchens, et cetera, like at uh, uh, rest stops along along the interstates and et cetera, where you have three or four restaurants there. Is there any type of uh, consolidation in that situation? Because not everybody wants the stuff delivered, right? And not everybody wants to go to th- five different places. Places. And it certainly is more convenient than sitting in a in a in a line waiting for the fast food because right now sometimes that's very very difficult. Yeah, it can be a challenge, right?
1: I think you're you're probably going to see more consolidation of uh, like brands in the mm-hmm. ghost kitchens. Um, we're lucky we have two brands under our one umbrella, so it's it's just a really good fit for us. Um, so you know the other ones as they come on board, they'll they'll bring on it. It's kind of like a, a food court outside, if you will.
2: Now John, you uh you were working on a Christmas song for our Christmas special. We're not going to make you you sing it or really give it away, but it is based on the 12 Days of Christmas. So while well, we have you, it's a pandemic supply chain song. Tell me a little bit about your inspiration behind this and what got you into the uh the art of writing uh I guess cover parody songs of Christmas songs.
1: Well, first of all, guys, I appreciate you doing the vocals for it. My mother always <laughs> told me I had a voice for silent film. Oh, are um, we doing the vocals on this?
3: She had a voice
2: for silent film. <laughs> I think we're gonna sing it live during the show. Are we we yeah. Are? yeah,
1: Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. I mean I who who better to do the to do do the job, right? I can't I can't think so. of anybody. <laughs> Um, there's, there's two types of people in, my, in Nashville. There's songwriters and there's song singers and I'm in logistics. So, um, just, you have to have a sense of humor in this industry. Uh, if you, you know, there's days, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. So I just started messing around and and just started putting things together. And, and, uh, I think even Charlie Chaplin once said, uh, we have to laugh in the face of adversity or otherwise go insane. So, uh, that's kind of my mantra. I've had fun with it. I, I, it took me a couple of weeks to write that, uh, but it followed along with a lot of uh, Freightways news that i had been reading, if you'll notice, uh, in there. So, Plus, it got me a shot on Freightways TV, so hey, that's great.
2: Well, hey, yeah, yeah, that I, doesn't hurt. Well, John, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and the uh, Carl's Jr. and Hardy's and CKE family and your own family as well. Thanks for joining us on the air today.
1: Thank you. Same to you. Take it easy, sir. Awesome. Thank All right, you,
2: let's, sir. let's uh, do a little big deal, little deal, and we'll send you home for the let's day. Let's do it. Big deal.
3: Little deal. <laughs>
2: Here's a good one. I love that Regatron, by the way. Yeah. Brings me back to my club days <laughs> at the Jamaican clubs.
3: Let's pronounce the CG. All
2: right. Loves Travel Stops, partnered with military family focused nonprofit. Operation Homefront to distribute 125 meal kits to military families at Love's corporate office in Oklahoma City. Look at that right there. I believe that that is uh, the mascot of the Oklahoma City, uh, Oklahoma City team. Right? Yeah. yeah, Little
3: deal, dude. Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it's a small part, 125 meal kits, of a huge deal that goes nationwide, right? And has been going on for a long, long time. Uh, So, yeah, I guess it was 2010. 500 meals was the first one, right? Not not bad. And now it's growing up to 15,000 meals and 500,000 individual uh, family members since it started. So, yeah, huge deal. Keep it going. Amen.
2: You know, as a cool backstory, too, Beam Suntory, who is the one who started that in 2010, He started that because he saw a military family. Right, they were at one of the one of the military families was unable to afford groceries at a local grocery
3: store. Now
2: that's grown to uh, fifteen hundred people, and they've they've served half
3: a million of these things. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a big deal. Uh, here's one for you: the Postal Service is asking for help for Operation Santa for the past 109 years. The U.S. Postal Service has created an outlet for children to send letters to Santa, right? And then they send them back, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but now that they need some help, man. They're reaching out and they're asking, can you uh, be an adopter to uh, respond to some of these letters? Big deal, little deal.
2: So an adopter is someone who replies on behalf replies on behalf of, Santa, of Santa, Santa Claus and for the postal service. That's right. Should, maybe the postal service should have made sure they were well staffed before they decided to uh, put us all on the <laughs> volunteer line. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, here's an interesting quote. Maybe you could tell me who said this quote too. Do you know okay. this my, I don't know if this is a famous quote or not, but it says, For me, the outpouring of charity through USPS Operation Santa, the sheer amount of people in this country who want to brighten a child's life with no reward other than the gift of giving, brings the spirit of the holiday season to life. This cherished tradition always reminds me of the Postal Service's unique bond with the country and how every day we reach and connect with every person in America.
3: Do you know who said that quote? Um, uh, Yule Brenner.
2: No, it's actually Chris Capnecko. Oh. He's the Postal Service's Rec- executive director of brand marketing.
3: Well, there you go. I love that. That's a big deal. They, they, they the- hey, did your kids write the letters to Santa? I uh, I don't know. I have to ask my wife. My minority did. They already got a letter back.
2: I, they, their letter to Santa is like the letter to Bezos. Like they know how to do lists on the iPad. Like they have their shopping list, their Christmas list, their birthday list. They know how to do that. And now they know how to like text the listing. So, you know, you hit like the little, the, the, arrow. so now they know how to send these to relatives when they want something. I got you. You can just text the
3: ingredients to yourself for a recipe or something like that. I got
2: you. (laughs) Speaking of gifts, what about this? By the way? Yeah. I mean, go help out the post service if you can. They need, uh, they need some people to reply on behalf of Santa, make the kids happy. Um, yeah. All right. According to the Guardian, real estate Asian Canic and Company, located near Brisbane, Australia, they've come under firing. They've come under fire for offering tenants the opportunity to buy Christmas <laughs> presents for their landlord. What? I have a unique opportunity for you once in a life, lifetime. It says uh, the group sent out emails <laughs> to tenants, offering to facilitate the purchasing of select gifts, along with any handwritten notes that you would like to send the owner of the property. Some of the uh, some of the gifts that they suggest are uh, fifty dollars. White wine grazing box. I'm sure the owner would just love that. A $55 yes, festive sweet basket. Ooh, are you feeling generous towards your landlord? How about a $70 self care hamper? Mm, you want even more? How about a $99 foodies hamper?
3: And what is a hamper? Like a box? I, I, well, it's, it's Australia, so it's probably it's like a picnic basket or like something. A, pic- a picnic basket of stuff. A and picnic 100- basket.
2: $115 for a basket called All Things Golden. Is it a big deal? Or a little deal? You Do you tip the landlord?
3: I don't tip the landlord. I think it's a big deal that they were. that stupid to do just this stuff. And I I don't know if we know. You know, Sinead Canning said uh, landlords have seen their passive incomes increase at our your expenses. Here, the time is now to lick their boots even harder. Oh,
2: lick their boots! That's what Sinead says. (laughs) That's what
3: she says. I don't know if it's, if I don't know if it's, if, if it's that bad that we need to, uh, you know, take the, uh, us versus them type of thing, but yeah, definitely it's a, it's a little deal, but it's a hilarious deal because I mean, who thought that was something that would go, I've,
2: I've there. gotten one landlord I've only gotten one landlord, a Christmas gift. Right. Yeah. And that's because like they went above and beyond.
3: Yeah. I'm sure stuff. there's some that deserve it, but yeah. by and large, not everybody's going to want to do this stuff. Let In them, general, you know, not really. Yeah. No, they're not, they're not really going to want to do that stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> According to The Guardian, investing in Legos is more lucrative than gold, art, and wine, according to a study. It found that the market for secondhand Lego rises in value by 11% annually, which it says is a faster and better rate of return than gold, stocks, bonds, stamps, and wine. Big deal or little deal, Dooner?
2: It's just you guys should pay attention to me when I talk about this stuff. You know, (laughs) I I, like uh, there's people out there they like to, they have Bitcoin they like to tweet about or. Dogecoin, coin or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shiny coin or moon coin or whatever all coins coin. out there or you know in the Slack it's totally normalized to start talking about your your stocks with each other in the sure. Slack channel and sure. acting like you're all smart because you know the spreads and matrix equations and all those kind of things. <laughs> well, what about the Legos? I can tell you that the average cost of like a brick, a good deal on a brick should be about ten cents a brick. There's some yeah, things the, that you told me up. that
3: before, yeah. 10 cents a brick, yeah.
2: There's some things that are obviously just going to go up in value because there's big sets that don't make a ton of them. Like are the
3: different Lego colors Titanic. more expensive, different color bricks? There's certain ones
2: that are more expensive
3: for really? sure. Really? Yeah. So no I don't kidding.
2: necessarily know if this is a big deal so much as I just think it's an obvious deal. Something it's a that, duh.
3: This is a duh.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you've been paying attention to Legos, you would know the trajectory that they, that they go on. And I would say 11% because you have to figure they're putting all the crappy sets in there as well. Now there's some sets that they overproduce that you'll always well, see in you your target.
3: your t- Titanic went doubled in value before, you even, you, know, before AT, you even got T's, it. Doubled, you know that t
2: Walker super expensive. All those things. So, yeah. you know you got to get your Beckett guy like they had with um, with baseball cards. You got to get one for Lego. Look it yeah. up on eBay. Yeah, absolutely. Either do. way, domestic supply chain summit December 15th. Freightwaves now tomorrow morning. Find me on Twitter at Tim Dujonos D-O-O-N-E-R. Find me at Vince the Dude. Uh, if you're with CFL, you need help. You can always just reach out to us. We'll connect you with some of these people. Also check the show notes. I'll have a link. Tell them how to be.
1: Hey, peace and love, spread it everywhere.